Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Andrea. Andrea Albright, who is recognized as the thought leader publisher, is on a mission to create the next movement for authors and evolve the publishing industry. I know there's a lot of people listening that want to have like goals and aspirations to become published. So I'm sure they'll be like, ooh, need to check her out. Um, (laughs) She's not just a publisher, she is a legacy maker. She's become the author of 25 books, woo! reaching tens of millions worldwide in over 40 countries. We have at least that many countries that listen to the podcast, so that's cool. Uh, Now she has taken her passion for helping authors find the same success that she has has by publishing books with meaning. Well, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. So I would like for you to share um, when you apply or... or, um, whoever applied for you, uh, shared a little bit about your background. And I would love for you to share a little bit about your background, what led you to where you are today. I know you had a really rough period that you went through. Yes. Well, I'm here because I love books. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Yes. Books were my first mentor. Growing up, I never really knew anyone who was successful or who focused on personal development. And it was through reading that I was able to start working on myself, start really deciding, hey, I want to be a business owner. I started my first business at 26 after I had a nervous breakdown in corporate America. And I started to try to get clients and nobody wanted to work with me. And my mentor at the time said, Andrea, you need to become an author. That's what will separate you from all the competition. And I remember being so terrified of writing and releasing that book, thinking no one's going to buy it except my mom and I'm going to sound stupid and all the fears that you go through as an author. But the way that I released it is I focused on if I can help just one person with my message, then it's worth it. Well, I'm so glad I did that because that was in 2006 and that really started a movement in the health and fitness industry. I eventually got to the cover of the number one fitness magazine in the world, which is Women's Health and Fitness Magazine. And they also interviewed me as a thought leader. So it's more than just reaching an audience. When you publish books, you evolve the conversation. And that's what being a thought leader is all about. So now I'm a publisher who helps other authors to share their message with the world and reach their audience. So leading up to that first book, what was your life like? What was going on at that time? Well, I graduated from college and went straight into corporate America, really bought into the belief that making money was going to fulfill me. And I was very successful. I started to make six figures right out of college. Everyone kept saying, oh, you're so successful. You're going to be vice president of sales someday. 
but it was a very toxic environment and it was way before the me too movement i was being sexually harassed i was also not being respected for my gifts and my talents and i ended up having a nervous breakdown and i'll never forget the day i climbed under my desk and i was in fetal position and i was like this is it this is what success is and my heart said no this is not it and so i quit my six figure salaried job and i became an entrepreneur at 26 and i say now i'm unemployable because i get to share my gifts i get to share my talents and i have a business that brings me meaning and joy every day and books are the foundation of that i have built my business on on books and that's my specialty are more than just a book that gives you an ego gratification and you get to say oh yay I've got a book out there I'm talking about books that build your business and that's my area of expertise I love books I've always been a avid book re reader and I don't ever think they're ever gonna go away some people are like no someday books will go away something about opening a physical book to me just brings me so much joy <laughs> Well, we can talk about the history of publishing. You know, we really look at publishing and sharing ideas as saving humanity at many critical times in our history. Back in the dark ages, it was literally a place where people weren't reading, they couldn't share ideas, and it was the invention of the printing press, which allowed more people to get access to knowledge and books and information, which led to the Renaissance. And the age of enlightenment. And so if we really think about books being more than just something that we enjoy for entertainment, but they are actually humanity's best parts of ourselves. And we're sharing those gifts to move humanity forward. Books are very special. Just like when you move, you're like, what am I going to do with all my books? You take them from place to place to place. And yes, when you hold a book in your hand, you know that this person has put forth their best ideas. This is why publishing brings so much authority to your message, to your voice and to your movement. Yeah, I uh, one of my goals is to actually have a library in my forever home. Right now we're renting um, because my husband's job might take us someplace else soon. But like when we actually get to settle down in one place, I told my husband, I'm like, I want you to build me this huge bookcase. I love a good library. I tell you, there's something amazing when you walk into a room full of books. And so they still have this status in our society. And that's why when you become a published author, the word authority literally comes from the word author. It means you wrote the book on the subject. And so when people are trying to build a business, trying to start a movement, trying to stand out from the competition, writing a book is still the best way to build that authority positioning. I think a lot of people um, that want to be an author someday, they think it's really a hard process. They're like, how do I get published? How do I even start? How do I do all these things? My husband tells me all the time, like, babe, you should write a book. And I'm like, I am not there yet. Thank you very much. Like, I do not have the capacity for that right now. But I have a lot of friends who want to be published and they talk about getting published all the time. But it is, I constantly hear them say like, 
it, it sounds really hard. I don't know how I do it. I don't have like this large following on social media. I don't know. What would you say to something like that? Well, you have to start somewhere. I mean, the book that I wrote in 2006, that's what set me up as a thought leader. I went on to become my own publisher and I wrote over 20 books in health and fitness. And so I've learned the business of publishing. And yes, it is more than just writing a book. You also have to understand the marketing and how to engage the audience. And so this is why I started my publishing firm because a lot of authors don't understand how to promote, how to publish, and how to get their books out to the audience. And so I'm the first marketing firm and publishing firm combined. My secret sauce is that instead of writing a book and then hoping somebody's going to buy it, I do all the marketing first. I analyze the market. I create the marketing strategy. I know exactly what the market is searching for. And then we position the book to serve the audience. And so when you have that marketing done first, we're able to write, publish in 90 days, and then you create a movement because the market is seeking it and searching for it. So this is how I've been able to compete in the most competitive markets because the audience is always evolving. And the key is to understand marketing while you publish your book. Right. I know some people are like, why, why would my book be special? There's like 10,000 other books on this subject. I, I'm specifically, I know a lot of people in the mental health field, not so much that they're mental health professionals, but they are mental health advocates. They have their own story they want to share. And a lot of them are like, why would my words matter? And I've personally thought like, sometimes people will give you a different view that you really need to see. For example, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder two years ago almost. And I just recently came across a book for bipolar uh, disorder, but for the caregivers of people with bipolar disorder, which was a unique perspective because I feel like a lot of times the books are towards the person with bipolar disorder, not towards the people that are surrounding them. So I feel like there's a lot of times there's things that we think are all like written out, but it could provide a unique perspective. So anyways, for those people who are like, but there's like so many other books on the same topic, or there's so many other books that has somebody telling the same story. Why would I be special? What would you say to them? Well, this is exactly what I heard when I first wrote my book in health and fitness and the weight loss industry. So many people told me you are competing with the most competitive market in the world. And these people have millions of dollars of advertising. They're pharmaceuticals and doctors. Why would you even try to write a book in this market? And I just said, there are people who are in pain. There are people who are searching for the solution. And if I can be that guide with my story, with my approach, with my unique perspective, then it's worth it. And just like you said, there's always another perspective to every story, to every conversation. And the key is to get really clear on who do you want to help? Who do you want to serve? The biggest mistakes authors make go under the lines of saying, I 
I want everybody to read my book. Right. Well, but your book will never make an impact in your audience. You know, it's just never going to happen. So get really clear on who is that one person who I want to serve. And when you know that the market is big and searching and hungry for your information, that one person you're focused on, turns out there will be millions just like them. Right. You have to have that, um, not stereotype, but you have to have the avatar. Avatar. That's what the I was avatar, saying. The avatar exactly. in your head. Yes. I have- start with the avatar. And that's the problem that authors make is they spend all their time, years of their life, writing a book from their perspective. And then they say, okay, who wants to buy my book? Well, nobody wants to buy your book because you've been writing from your myopic lens. The key to marketing is to look through the perspective of your audience, the person who you want to serve. We call it an avatar where you actually create a character. And instead of you writing for yourself, you are writing for that person. And then when you release the book, that person says, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this. Where have you been? Yes, no, exactly. I um I used to own two businesses. I was a I was a fitness coach for a while and then I was a life coach for a little bit longer and now I'm going to school for psychology. That's a long drawn out story. But anyways, when I owned my businesses, that's how I learned about the avatar in like, you know, when I took the classes and courses on how to build your business and, you know, who to serve and how do you just, you decide that. And it's, you know, like a a very detailed process of like, this is exactly who I think of. And you'll draw those people in, right? You'll, you'll draw those people in because your message is for them. It's not for the entire masses. And that's, that's where I thought of avatar. It came to my head and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember this. I remember this. Yes, it's great. And this is the conversation I want to have with authors because I talk to so many authors who they go through a publisher who does not educate them about marketing or promoting their book. And frankly, publishers don't know anything about marketing and promoting either. It's not really their gig. They're just here to say, here's your book and good luck. But that system is broken because I believe authors are the visionaries of humanity they are the ones who find the solutions from whatever place that creativity and that brilliance comes from. And the fact that authors aren't getting their message out to their audience, that's why I'm here. That's why I started my publishing firm is to educate authors on, look, you need to think about the market first. You need to think about that audience first and then write for them, write to that perspective. It also will eliminate your writing writer's block, because anytime you are in writer's block, you are either overwhelmed or you don't know what to say. It's because you're focused on your ego. You're not focused on your audience. So think of it as a conversation, just like you and I are talking today, Megan, right? We're never going to run out of things to say because (laughs) we're not focused on ourselves. We're looking at each other. We're talking to one another. And so this is why we publish in 90 days, because the author needs to get the information out of their head. You need to publish quickly because the market is evolving faster than ever. And if you aren't publishing ahead of the curve, then you're going to constantly be chasing the audience and chasing the market. But a thought leader, someone is who evolves the conversation, someone who's ahead of the curve. And that's the area that I specialize in. 
So walk us through the process. People may not even know what the process of becoming a published author is. Well, for being a published author, it still holds more credibility than self-publishing. And if you have the opportunity to partner with a publisher, it's always a great idea. Just make sure you know what the deal is that you're making. Because a lot of my clients, they come to me for their second or their third book because they made a deal with the publisher where they gave all of their intellectual property away. And even if it took them 10 or 15 or 20 years, they say, okay, well, here you go. You can have the rights to it just for the publishing deal. And even if you get a book advance, you know, when people brag about, oh, I got a book advance from my publisher, just remember that that's a loan and it is an advance on future sales. So just be very clear of what partnership you are making with the publisher. I'm known as a hybrid publisher, which means that I have all the advantages of being a publisher. I take care of the ghostwriting, the editing, the design. You get all of my contacts. I have a PR team. We pitch you to media. And I also build the marketing for the website, the funnel. So it's all streamlined. Those are huge advantages when you can work with a publisher because we have dialed all of these business systems in. If you aren't able to partner with a publisher, then just make sure that you are really focused on serving the market. You know, this is why I was able to compete in health and fitness is because I learned marketing. I learned how to convert an audience. I wasn't just writing about what I wanted to write about. I was listening to the market and then I served them. So this piece of understanding the market, listening to the market, and then writing from their perspective is really key to getting your book out there to the audience. As far as publishing goes, set a deadline. Do not be one of these people who are writing their book for years and years and years. <laughs> I, one of my clients was writing his book for 17 years. Maybe. Ooh, that's a long time. That's a long time. And so I tell him, you know, it only took 17 years and 90 days because the deadline that we put on publishing makes you say, okay, it's never going to be perfect. It's never going to be done. You just need to get it out there. You need to get something published so that you start to build that credibility with your audience. A book is still the gold standard for you being an authority. And I always say like, we can write more books. Don't think that you're going to cram everything you know into one book. In fact, the average reader only wants about a 150 to 200 pages. If it's bigger than that, they never even open it. So let's write short, punchy, quality books that give your audience a transformation. Then they will keep following you. They will keep coming back for more. So does somebody have to have already written their book to come to a publisher? I prefer they have not written their book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I work with different conversations of where they're at with the publishing process. And the reason I prefer that they haven't written their book is because, again, I am a marketer and a publisher. And so if this book is not going to reach the market, then there's no point in publishing it. And so a lot of people, they just don't know marketing. They haven't invested 
over a million dollars in their marketing education the way I have and built multiple seven-figure businesses. And so they come with this idea of like, oh, my book is amazing. And while it may be amazing to you, it's just never going to reach the market. It's never going to reach your audience. And so by doing the marketing strategy, understanding the brand and where the book is going to build your authority as a business person, as a thought leader, we completely reposition it. And so now we can take the content and fit it within that framework of how it's going to reach the market. So I've never had a book come to me that we have not had to rewrite and reposition. It's just not something that authors have ever focused on, which is why I'm here helping you to think about it. Think about the audience and the market first and then write the book to serve them. Gotcha. So what would be your, for you, it seems like your focus are books that are like personal development books. Now, do you also help people with like memoirs or autobiographies or maybe not even like fictional, like maybe they want to write a nonfiction book? Are those things in your wheelhouse as well? So the books that I publish, we publish in business, real estate, personal development, health and fitness, wherever there is a thought leader who is evolving the conversation. And statistically, autobiographies, just nobody really reads them anymore. (laughs) I'm like, unless you're a really famous person, you know, like Michelle Obama. Okay. But it's, If you're writing your autobiography, God bless you. If that's something you want to do, just know that probably no one's going to be interested in it the way you are because it's, it's not serving the audience in any way. And so the way that we publish thought leaders is we combine their stories with content that serves the market. So if you look at all the New York Times bestsellers today, yes, there are you know the fiction, but I'm talking about the nonfiction books. They are the ones who give some of the story of the author, but they're focused on content that transforms the life of the reader. And this is what a thought leader does, is you give back to others, you help others to succeed. And so I recommend that you combine your biography with content that's actionable and can leave the reader with a transformation. Those are the ones that sell the best, that have the greatest impact. And if you're looking to build an audience, you need to get those success stories and those stories of transformation. See, I love personal stories. Um, not uh, the autobiographies I've read are more uh, mental health related uh, because I'm fascinated by certain mental health uh, disorders. But the ones that I've read on personal development, um, the biographies, they're, they're like you say, they're not biographies. They're like the person sharing their stories along with like, this is what I learned. These are the steps. Or um, for example, one of my favorite uh health books is uh, Sleep Smarter by Sean Stevenson. And he lays out like all of these ways that help your sleep and help you sleep better. But he also shares a little bit about like, this is how my sleep was. And this is how I discovered this and this. And, and personally, that draws me in more than the books that are just like, here are the 10 steps to whatever. Cause I'm like, well, well how, what, how? <laughs> like, 
Yes. <laughs> Storytelling is very, it's still the most powerful way that humans learn and humans relate. And so we always incorporate storytelling with content. And now that I've actually authored 26 books, <laughs> we need to get you updated. Uh, you just know, okay, now we tell a story. Now we give an example. Now we need to bring in a concept or an action step or a proof of concept. And it's the diversity of the content that keeps the reader engaged. And so this, this is why a straight autobiography or a straight to-do list, it, they're not as powerful as when you combine storytelling with content. And that's the thought leadership book that I was speaking about. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I have read my fair share of books on personal development. One of my favorite personal development authors is Brene Brown, which is, you know, I know that's just like a typical answer ever. Like so many people say that, but she was like my entryway into personal development, to be honest. And then I spent years just reading one personal development after another personal development book. And then I burnt myself out on that. I was, I was like, I need to read a little fiction right now. Cause my brain is, there's so much yeah. to process. And I feel like that's, uh, people have that same issue as I do is they just consume so much, but we're not implementing the things that we're reading. And so then it becomes like, I, I have all this I've read and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes. So this is now, we've reached an age where we call information overload. It used to be that having access to information was very scarce. That's why the PhDs and the people with academia backgrounds were the highest level of thought leaders in our society. Well, now that we have a digital phone in our pocket with access to all the information that you could ever need at the touch of your fingertips, the new thought leaders are what we call integrators. So yes, they have information, but they're distilling it into simple concepts that you can digest, absorb, and like you said, take action. And this is the new emergence of thought leadership, because for the first time in our history of humanity, we now have all the information we could ever need. And we've actually gone into too much information. And so the brain is having to restructure around all this noise and overwhelm. And so we look for like Brene Brown is a perfect example. She is an integrator. That's why she is so powerful with her audience because her, her techniques are very simple. They're easy to understand. Mm -hmm. And they're easy to digest. This is actually the most complex and hardest way to communicate. People who are just out there with big words and filling up their ego, sounding smart and writing 400 page books, that's old fashioned. That's no longer going to make an impact in the market or start a movement. And so this is why having a publisher who can help guide you to condense your content, but when you condense it, you make it more powerful, more punchy. 
I call them magic money hooks because it attracts the audience and they want to convert by giving you money. And that's actually a good thing because when someone is invested, that means they are going to take action. They are going to take it seriously. This is why I love business. You know, yes, there's great charities and nonprofits out there, but specifically books that build a business, get someone to take action. Now that reader is invested. And I've seen time and time again, if you are giving away your information for free, no one will value it. And also people don't take action. And so getting them to commit, even if it's with that $20 or $30 book sale, now they're invested. Now they want to take your information seriously. So this is why authors need to look at their content as a business, as how can I get people to invest in themselves? And that way they will actually take action with your content. Oh, yes. I have found the people who have given me their books, unless it's for the podcast. I've actually been given books before for guests on the podcast. I usually try to read them or flip through them depending on how large they are and how much time I have. See, I will read exactly those. Exactly, how large they are. See, you even said it, yes. right? If it's too big, you don't even open it. <laughs> I will open it and flip through it and like read a little bit here and there, uh, but I have limited amounts of time. I'm a, a full-time student. I, I'm a mom. I you know, work. I actually work for a marketing company. I'm the admin assistant for a marketing company and I have the podcast. So I have so much going on. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The, the books that I have been giving, given outside the podcast are like free or I got like for 99 cents. I don't, I'm not as invested as reading them. They might sit on my bookshelf until I get around to them. Where like the ones where I'm like, I just spent like $25 on this book. <laughs> I better open that sucker up right now. Exactly. And this is also where I want authors to always have a call to action to contact them for a consulting or a, a coaching session because the book is the new commercial. We no longer watch commercials on TV or even radio. We've skipped through them or we don't even see them anymore. But when a book is handed to you or you buy a book where you're like, wow, this is exactly what I need. I've been searching for this. Now you have their undivided attention. You're able to build a relationship, give them a transformation. And this is where the the back end of the business also needs to be developed because the book is just the opening conversation. It's just the introduction to what this person is about. And so if you look at Brene Brown, she has leadership courses and membership websites. She has consulting fees. I know she gets like 40 or $50,000, right? It's like per speech. And so this is how an author builds a business from their book. And so always have that step that the, the reader can go further. It's not just the book and it's over. Let's get the reader part of a movement, part of something bigger. Yes. You need to have a place for them to go. Exactly. Right? Like I said, the uh, earlier is this is this podcast is a hobby but I have places you can go, you can follow me on Instagram, you can follow me on Facebook. I'm not trying to sell anything, but when I was an entrepreneur, you always had a place for people to go to get more information. That's what you're taught as an entrepreneur is there's always gotta be a place for people to go because otherwise they get this information from you and they're like, I want more. And then there's nothing more and they'll go on and they'll search for the more someplace else. 
Exactly. Yep. This is, this is the back end business. This is the business strategy. This is the first thing I do with my authors and my clients is I say, what do you want this book to do? Do you want to be a speaker on stages? You know, now we have a lot of virtual stages, right. but they're still happening. Do you want to get press and media and publicity? You know, we get our authors into Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm now a contributor for Entrepreneur Magazine because of my most recent book. These are the things that can position you as a thought leader and an authority, but you have to be really clear on what do you want this book to do? One of my clients, she said, I want to attract investors. And she ended up getting a million dollar investor from one wow. of her books. And so when people ask me, well, how much money can I make from my book? I ask them, well, how much money do you want to make? Because <laughs> <laughs> it really is about positioning you to be the thought leader, to be the authority in your industry. And the book is the key that sets you up for that. And you have to have the back end business and the business strategy built out. Now, I've heard that unless you have a very large following, like you said, Michelle Obama, you're not actually going to make a lot of money off the book itself. Is that true? Well, we make money off of books. I've sold tens of thousands of books. If you are only focused on book sales, it is a very hard climb to get to seven figures. And I always look at every book as an opportunity to build a seven figure business. Otherwise, I'm not interested in that thought leader or that market. So I'm about massive impact. I'm about global movements. I'm about reaching people who are ready to transform. And it's not just about the money, right? The money is the fuel that feeds the authority. And so while there is a lot of people out there giving away free advice, we've already talked about this. You're not giving any value. No one is going to actually see you as a thought leader who has value. But when you have a business plan, when you have a business strategy that is addition to the book, that's where we see these seven figure plus returns because the book sales, you know, that's the opening cart, right? Now that we have their information, hey, what about a coaching session? Hey, what about a consulting? Hey, what about a digital package, a program, a six-week transformation? Always giving them an opportunity to invest more. This is what we call an upsell on the funnel and the marketing funnel. This is where people start to see that the book is the opening to build their business. And so book sales are great. If you're reliant on those, then it's going to be very hard to build a long-term business. And this is why so many authors are just frankly broke. They're struggling. And these publishing deals that they signed, thinking that, oh, once I get a book, now I'm going to be rich and famous. It's just not true, you know? And that's why I want to bring integrity to publishing, bring the knowledge to authors and help them to understand the key to being a long-term thought leader. If you want to do this as a career, the way I've done it, you know, I've written 26 books. I'm gonna write another one this year because when you're truly a thought leader, you're publishing every year. You're on the edge of the conversation. 
And if this is something that you want to build your life and your business and your career around, you need to start thinking about it like a business. Yes. Yeah, so you're not going to get rich off of selling books, but, <laughs> but you can make money off of the things that that leads to. If you have them in place, that's what you're saying is if you have those steps in place after you publish the book where people can go and they can invest and they can learn more, then that will lead to you making more money. But the book itself, you are not getting rich off of. This is where the key is promotion and marketing and knowing that there's a hungry, hungry market. You know, everybody uses the example of JK Rowling. Okay. She has made billions off of her books and yes, those books turned into movie deals. Okay. So it's not just the book sales. It's what does the book do for you? How does the book position you in the market? How does the book attract the attention of the audience? And while there are books that are forever going to sell, like Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, right? That's a cult classic for personal development. We're talking about more streamlined strategies, not just a, oh, I hope I win the lottery and I hope I become discovered like J.K. Rowling, because really, frankly, that's what happened is she got discovered by an agency and they blew her up. They decided to market her and promote her. So there's a lot that goes into it's not, it's just like Hollywood. Just because you make a movie doesn't mean people are going to be lined up around the block for your blockbuster. Do you know that just as much goes into the marketing and promotion for the budget as the production of the movie? So the, the movies you know of is because there was also marketing and strategy and promotion behind those movies. And it's the same for the books. Yeah, no, I know people use J.K. Rowling all the time and, and don't realize, one, she had wrote those books many years before they blew up. Or, I mean, the first ones. Once she blew up, the, the rest of them came along and of course they did well. But, you know, she's also got the sales, like you said, of the movies of like, um, my kids have a Harry Potter Lego set. I guarantee she sees something from that. You know, like all these little things, like... Pandora has the Harry Potter bracelets, like all these things that have built up to her having so much money. She didn't, in the very beginning, she was not where she is today. But like you said, it's all those things that led to that's helped her be as profitable as she is right now. She's a brand, okay? The book is the building of your brand. And it's not just one book. How many books has she published now? You have to continue to serve your audience. You have to have a statement. You have to have a point of view. And you have to be in it for the long haul. Yes, there's these books that come along where it's like a one-hit wonder in a radio sh or station or a pop star. But we're talking about the longevity of a career. If you want to reach this kind of success, you want to invest for the long term. And this is why publishing often, publishing regularly, keeping your message out there and creating a movement with your audience. So don't just sell the book and then they never hear from you. You want to build that marketing funnel to capture that email address and follow up with them. Build a relationship with your audience. You know, people come to me all the time and they say, I want to be a New York Times bestseller. Well, do you know the key to be a New York Times bestseller that most people don't understand? You have to have an audience. 
you actually have to have people to buy your book. <laughs> and like, but nobody wants to build an audience. Nobody wants to do the long-term investment of actually serving the market. Everybody just wants that quick fix, New York Times bestseller, give me the lottery ticket. Maybe that happens every now and then, but if you're really looking at investing in your brand for the long-term, think about how can I make a book that starts a movement that makes an impact and how do I follow up with my audience over and over and over again to build that relationship. Net, then let's go for the New York Times bestseller. Once you have a million <laughs> raving fans, now it's time to do that New York Times bestseller. So as we wrap up the podcast today, what is something that you would, one thing or a collection of things that you would like to leave the Inspired Women audience with? Well, I hope that you are inspired to, yes, write your book. And more importantly, I want you to be happy with the results of your book. And this is what's so disheartening about the publishing industry is that they are not focused on serving their authors. Over a million books are published every year and less than 1% of those books make an impact in their market. And that to me is just a horrible statistic. And so if I can help authors to understand that it is about the marketing and the positioning and the branding of the book and you as an authority, that will help you to actually feel like I spent all this time and energy writing my book and now I know that it's making the difference that it was meant to make. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing your knowledge about publishing and books and branding. It was like, whoa, so much information. I'm sure people will be searching you out to be able to get more. Um, but thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. My pleasure, Megan. It was a lot of fun. Great questions. Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.